The Word of God says, Is any sick among you? Let them call on the elders of the church and let them pray for them, and the prayer of faith will make them whole. If you are sick in any part of your body and need healing, why not join us for the next special healing school, Saturday the 7th of December at 6.30 p.m. at Solution Chapel International, home of signs, wonders, and miracles. Barnfield Road, Northgate Crawley, West Sussex, RH10-8DS. Please call 07938-494-294 or visit solutionchapel.org for further details. The Special Healing School, Saturday the 7th of December, is free and open to everyone. Come and receive your healing. The Solution Word with Pastor Adama Segbeji. Pastor Adama has a passion to uplift people and see the body of Christ excel. His aim, to bring hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. In this message, you will learn. He said, you shall be over my house and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Now I want you to notice, this is someone who has just come out from prison. This is a foreigner. According to the laws of the land, he is not permitted even to stand before Pharaoh. According to the laws of the land, he is an abomination to the Egyptians. He is not permitted to stand before the king. And yet, the king is changing the rules because the Spirit of God is in him, and because the Spirit of God is in him, he has provided practical solutions for the nations. Well, are you ready for the word? Yes. All right. Um, God is good. And all the time. All right. Okay. Uh, Tell with me, please, in your Bibles to the book of Matthew, chapter 5, from verse 13 to 16. Matthew, chapter 5, from verse 13 to 16. I read. Jesus said, Ye are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is henceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. Verse 14, Jesus said, Ye are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill, Cannot be hidden. Verse 15, it says, Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light therefore shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And we are blessed by the reading. Of God's word. I'm continuing and concluding uh, the series we have been doing for the past six weeks titled Influence, and this is part six. Influence, and this is part six. By now, you should be able to 
know that God has a purpose for you. That God made you for a purpose. God doesn't make anything by accident. You know, I don't know if you've ever wondered when you take a shower, have you noticed that the water doesn't go into your ears? Before shower was invented, God already knew that he has to design your ear in such a way that when you shower, the water will not get into your ears. So there is no accidents in God where your nose is especially designed by God. And not only that, the size of your nose has been specially designed by God for a purpose. And so we have to understand that God has made us on earth for a purpose. You have been created for a purpose. And if you don't live a life of purpose, you become miserable. So therefore Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. He didn't say you are going to be, you are. Maybe at this point, you might not see yourself as salt yet, but then you have to understand that God always calls forth your potential before your potential becomes a reality. That's why the Bible says that God calls forth those things which be not as though they were. So God calls forth your potential before you become what God has called you. So probably at this level of your life, you might not have that level of influence yet. But remember, influence has to start little and grow from where you are. So Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. You are, not you are going to be. You are, in other words, you are a preserver. The world cannot cope without you. You are a preserver. You are the salt of the earth. He said, but if the salt have lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? In other words, if the salt loses its purpose, it becomes good for nothing. Jesus said, then it is henceforth good for nothing, and is cast under the foot of men and trodden upon by men. May it not be your story. Amen. May everywhere you are, may your life be relevant. Amen. Say a good amen. amen. May your life be relevant amen. wherever you are. May you be a preserver. Amen. I, I believe without any shadow of doubt that God intentionally birthed all of us into different nations to preserve those nations. It's not an accident. God has birthed us into families to preserve those families. I was by the grace, by the special grace of God, the very first person to get born again in my family. And through that, many of my siblings became born again. My father became born again before he died. Amen. Are you following what I'm saying? So never take for granted the purpose for which God brought you here on earth. Verse 14, Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Not the light of Crowley, not the light of UK, 
nor the light of London, nor the light of Lagos, nor the light of uh, Harare, Zimbabwe, nor the light of um, yeah, wherever you have come from. <laughs> Praise God. But Jesus said you are the light of the world. The light of the world. The light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nothing can hide you. You have come into a new season of exposure. You might be like Mephibosheth. People have hidden you. You have been put in Lodi, but nobody wants to see you. The devil has hidden you for so long. But after today, you are coming into the season of exposure. Any form of darkness that has been hiding you up until now, God will expose them. Or say a good amen. amen. So you are a city that cannot be hidden. Say it with me. Say, I am a city, am a city. that cannot be hidden. If you're a businessman, your business cannot be hidden. If you're a businesswoman, your business cannot be hidden. You are a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. I said, You cannot be hidden. I said, You cannot be hidden. Nothing can hide this commission. It doesn't matter which devil is praying that it should be hidden. Nothing can hide us. I said nothing can hide us. Because we are operating in the greater light. And as greater light, we rule the day. In the name of Jesus. Verse 15, Jesus said, Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick was the purpose that it may give light unto all that are in the house. Don't hide your purpose. You see, there was one parable, the parable of the talent. The Bible says that there was a man who found a treasure on a field. And guess what he did? He went and hid it. Don't hide your talent. Don't hide the purpose for which God has brought you here on earth. You see, many people are looking into other things that they are not called for. Just focus on what you have been called for. Stop hiding what God has given to you. The the parable of the five talents. Is it five talents? The parable of the talents. There were three servants that were called. One was given five talents. Another was given two talents. And another was given one talent. The five used his five The two uses two, the one buried his talent. Mm, mm, mm. Many people have buried their talents. They have buried what God has given them to make them significant. Don't bury your talent. Stop looking at the one that has five. Mm. The Bible says that he gave them according to their several abilities. Your ability is to handle one. Use your one. Stop focusing on what somebody else have. Say amen to that. Stop bearing what God has given you. When you stop bearing what God has given you and you start using it, the world will find you. It's just a matter of time. You will be discovered in the name of Jesus. 
Verse 16, Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. After today, God will be glorified in your life. Hallelujah. Now, as we get ready to finalize and finish this series, I want to show you two powerful ways you can influence the world. Two powerful ways you can influence the world. Number one is you have to stand up for your convictions. Number one, stand up for your convictions. It's rather unfortunate that many people have no convictions in this day and age. Many people don't stand for anything any longer. Today they are green, tomorrow they are yellow. They don't stand for anything. Even Christians have no convictions any longer. If you don't stand for anything, you'll fall for everything. Write it down. If you don't stand for anything, you will fall for everything. You have to be a child of God who have convictions. What are your convictions when it comes to your faith? What is a no-go area? What are your boundaries? What are your convictions? You cannot want to be an influential person if you have no boundaries or have no convictions. You must have boundaries. You must have boundaries because there are places you have to go to and there are places you cannot go to. It doesn't matter what's happening. There are places you will never see me. Are you following what I'm saying? You have to have convictions. What are your convictions? What do you stand for as a child of God? What are your convictions? What do you believe in? What do you believe in? If you have no convictions, you will be tossed by every wind of doctrine. Somebody comes today and tells you drinking holy water is okay, you believe it. Tomorrow somebody comes and says drinking holy anointing oil is okay, you drink it. Are you following? Because you have no convictions based on the word. You have no convictions based on the word. The reason why in this commission we don't focus on tokens and symbols is because I don't want your faith to be in tokens and symbols. I want your faith to be in the word. Your faith must be in Jesus Christ. Because you say, yes, now I'm not saying that anointing oil is bad. But if you notice in this commission, there are only twice in a year that we do anointing. When we anoint you with oil. During covenant and during crossover. Does it mean anointing with oil is bad? No. But we don't want your faith to be in the anointing oil. Are you following what I'm saying? Your faith must be in Jesus. Because it's not the oil. For if it's, if it's the oil, the most anointed places in the world will be the oil section in the supermarkets. Is that not true? Yeah. The most anointed places will be the 
supermarket, where when you go to the supermarket, they have a special place for all kinds of oil. Olive oil, coconut oil, sunflower oil, and so on and so forth. So when people get to that area, they should be falling under the anointing. But the oil is not the anointing. The anointing is in the name of Jesus Christ. So we have to have convictions. If you have no convictions like Jesus, when the devil tells you, when he takes you to a high mountain to bow and worship, you'll worship because there's nobody there to see you. I remember when I was working as a radio presenter, gospel presenter, one of the managers who didn't like me said, after I finish my session, I have to play a secular music. I said, no, I was not employed in this organization to play secular music. He said, but you can play it and nobody will know that you are the one in the studio. Just play it without talking over it. I said, no, that's not what I was employed for. He said, if you don't play it, pack your bag, you are fired. I packed my bag and I left. I was fired for not playing secular music. That was my conviction. You see, somebody who doesn't have a conviction about his faith can say, but it doesn't matter. Just play it. Nobody will know it's you. If you don't, because you finish with your session, the next person after you is supposed to play secular music, just play it. You finish, you've said bye-bye to your listeners. Nobody knows that you are the one there. But you see, what you do in secret, God will reward you how? God will reward you how? Publicly. So it's not about what you do in the secret. It's more of your convictions. If you have no convictions, I'm telling you, you'll be doing all kinds of evil things in secret places. So let's go and look at Someone who had convictions, who stood up for their convictions. Daniel chapter 3 from verse 16 to 18. You know the story? Nebuchadnezzar was the most uh, strongest king. He made a golden image of himself. Said everybody must bow to this image. And these three Hebrew boys who were brought from captivity... And have been castrated and made as eunuchs, are told that you also have to bow. But their convictions were that we don't serve any other God apart from the most high God. So the whole nation is bowing down. These guys have been called to say, guys, you have to bow. And the consequences for not bowing is that you are going to be thrown into the burning fiery furnace. And the devil has shown you what I'm going to do to you if you don't bow. And look at their response. Verse 16, Daniel chapter 3, verse 16. The Bible says that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. 
and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods. Nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Hallelujah. Say a good amen to that. So you see, these three Hebrew boys had convictions. They stood for something. They stood for God. You cannot be an influential person if you don't stand for the things of God. We are living in a politically correct society where many don't stand for God. They don't stand for God anymore. Many people cannot even say they are Christians any longer because of fear of persecution. The disciples were persecuted. The apostles were persecuted. Some of them were put in hot boiling water. They were asked to deny the name Jesus. Some of them were crucified upside down. Some of them, their intestines were taken out for just not denying the name of Jesus. What do you stand for as a Christian? What are your convictions? As a family, if the robber hits the road, what are your convictions? What do you stand for? What should you be known for? What or what are you known for? Many of us have no convictions. And I tell you the truth. The only people who change the world are people who have convictions. If you have convictions, you are ready to die for your convictions. I remember when we started this church. Strong convictions that I will never beg anybody for anything. Strong conviction. Never beg any member for anything. Strong convictions. Never manipulate any member for anything. Strong convictions. Never stand before God's people lying to them. Strong convictions. What are your convictions? If you don't stand for anything, you'll fall for everything. Number two. Number two powerful ways you can influence the world is you have to provide practical solutions to national crisis. Provide practical solutions to national crisis. Joseph finds himself in a nation where there are crises. There is food shortage. There is farming on the way. Everybody is starving. They are about to die. The king, Pharaoh, was looking for solution for the nation. They combed the whole nation. They found none. 
but one. My prayer for you is that you will be relevant on the day when relevance is needed in you. That's why Jesus said, if you don't function as a salt, you will be trodden under the foot of man. You'll become irrelevant. At your workplace, when practical solutions are needed, that's not the time to start saying, let's, hello, everyone, come, let's begin to pray in tongues. No. At this point, we need practical solutions how to get this company from the dungeon to a place where it can be impactful. We don't need problems. We need solutions. It's not time to pray. You should have prayed long ago. You should have foreseen this coming. But many Christians don't understand the time. A time is coming. A time is coming not long from now, in the next 10 years. Before any nation will call for a general election, they are going to come and ask us permission. (laughs) Because we will be determining who votes for who. We will be the ones who chooses the kings of the land. And that was how it was from the beginning. Who appointed the first king of Israel? Samuel. It was the church that appointed the first king. It was the church that anointed the second king. That's how it's supposed to be. If we talk about leadership, it must be the responsibility of the church to decide who sits on that throne and who doesn't sit on it. You have no idea where we are going. Don't be in this commission and take it for granted. For tomorrow you might regret Right now, like I always say, we might be in our manger. But listen, like Jesus, very soon we'll be on the right hand side of God. So there was a situation in the nation. There is farming. The whole land has been combed for solution. They found none. And look at who they went to. The church, Genesis 41, from verse 37 to 41. I read the Bible says that so the advice was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all his servants. The advice there means the solution. The solution was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in all the eyes of his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find such a one as this, a man in whom is the spirit of God? Oh, I love this. Can can this be said about you? That the spirit of God is in you and you are providing practical solutions to your company, to your community, to your organization, to the nations, to the continents of the world. Can this be said about you? Can we find such a one as a 
as this, a man in whom is the spirit of God. The spirit of God in you is not forsaken. Stop wasting the spirit of God. The spirit of God in you means you know the mind of God. He says, who has known the mind of God except the spirit of God that is in you? Don't waste the spirit of God that is in you. You have to increase your capacity to allow the spirit of God to speak through you, to work through you. Jesus was a professional carpenter, but he was providing solutions for fishermen. Telling fishermen where to launch out into the deep and get fishes. Amen. I see people after they, they go to church, church and then they shake. They say the spirit of God is here. Shaking. After you shake in church, what next? What did the shaking change? Did the shaking provide any solution to anyone around you? Or you just want to shake and feel good and, and then that's it. This is why I always tell you the Holy Spirit is not goose pimples. It's not goosebumps. When you feel that, you say, I feel goosebumps. Who oh, is the Holy Ghost? No. When I touch my wife, she feels goosebumps. <laughs> Am I a Holy Ghost? <laughs> are, are you getting what? Are you getting what I'm saying? It's time to challenge our mindsets. They say, oh, somebody is singing and oh, somebody is preaching and I feel, I feel goose, goose, goose bomb. So that's a, come on now. You, you lower the Holy Spirit to goosebumps? We are not here for goosebumps. We are not here for feeling. It's not about feeling here. It's about line upon line. Here little, there little. What you receive from here, you can use it throughout the week. What you use here, when you go to work, you see yourself in the light of what you've been taught. That in, in what I have been taught, I can apply it and be relevant at my workplace. That I'm at my workplace... I'm the salt of the earth. I'm here because I'm here. This organization is preserved. I'm the light of the world. Because I'm here, darkness cannot come near this company. Can we find such a man in whom is the spirit of God? Now I want you to notice who is speaking. This is Pharaoh the Egyptian, the unbeliever, he can even see the spirit of God in this man. If unbelievers cannot speak, see the spirit of God in you, hey, you have a lot of work to be done on you. This was an unbeliever who saw that the spirit of God was in Joseph. The time has come for the world to see the spirit of God in the church. That they come everywhere looking for solutions they find it nowhere but in the church. Hallelujah. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, verse 39, Inasmuch as God has shown you 
all this, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. Oh, I love this. I could stay, I could stay in this scripture for hours. But we have to go home, so I don't want to, you to stay here for hours. Verse 40 says, you shall be over my house. Do you, see, do you see what happens when you provide practical solutions? Promotion follows you. Many are looking for promotion before they provide the solution. Just provide the solution and the promotion will follow. He said, you shall be over my house and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Now, I want you to notice this is someone who has just come out from prison. This is a foreigner. According to the laws of the land, he is not permitted even to stand before Pharaoh. According to the laws of the land, he is an abomination to the Egyptians. He is not permitted to stand before the king. And yet, the king is changing the rules because the spirit of God is in him. And because the spirit of God is in him, he has provided practical solutions for the nations. Can I say this? When you have the solution, no one can discriminate against you. It doesn't matter your color. It doesn't matter your accent. It doesn't matter your age. If you have the solution, they are going to come for that solution. And I've come to announce to the world today that we have the solution. I said we have the solution. We have been called to be the solution to the nations. So look at what Pharaoh said. Pharaoh said, you shall be over my house and over all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. In other words, Pharaoh is talking about positional leadership. But when it comes to functional leadership, Joseph is higher than Pharaoh. And leadership for your information is not determined by position. Leadership is qualified and determined by your functions. The sons of Zebedee came to Jesus. Their parents said, Jesus, promise us that when you die, our children, one will sit on your left, one will sit on your right. They're looking for position. They haven't paid the price. They are looking for position. Jesus said, as for sitting on my left and on my right, it's not for me to give. But before you ask that question, are you able to drink the cup that I drink from? (laughs) Jesus said, I will not give you the position, but as for the cup, you'll drink of it. Mm. Many are position conscious, Mm. but not function conscious. Verse 41, the Bible says that Pharaoh, and Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. Say amen to that. Amen. From today, God will set you above. Amen. 
all the land of the world. Now, as we get ready to close, there are four stages of influence that we want to look at. If you are ever going to be influential, there are four stages of influence. Number one is in the pit. (laughs) Number one is in the pit. You want to be influential? You want to be influential? I can't hear you now. You want to be influential? The starting point is in the pit. And for your information, when the grace for influence is upon you, it doesn't matter where you are. You will flourish. And for your information, when it comes to the things of God, we don't start from top down. We start from down to the top. The only job that starts, the only thing that starts from top is those who dig the ground. And guess how, they, how far they did? They dig six feet under. And when they dig six feet under, you know who is going down there? Yeah. So in the pit, Genesis chapter 37 from verse 23 to 28. I read, the Bible says, and it came to pass when Joseph came unto his brethren that they stripped Joseph out of his coat and his coat of many colors that was on him. You know the story, you know, Joseph was hated by his brothers simply because he said, I have a dream. If people don't envy you for your vision, your vision is too small. Like I've always said, have a big vision. Never apologize for your vision. Having a big big vision is free. If you have a big vision now, nobody will come and arrest you for having too big a vision. My God is too big. And it will be an insult on God to have a small vision. That's why I see five million in this commission. If you see 100, that's your vision. I see five million. Don't fight me because I see five million. It's a free world. God doesn't determine the amount of air you breathe in and breathe out. You decide. Breathe in, breathe out. I cannot tell you you have to breathe in only 5%. You can breathe in 100% if you want. Verse 24. The Bible says, And they took him and cast him into a pit. And the pit was empty, and there was no water in it. Look at that. You want to be influential? There are some pits you're going to go through. They are empty pits. I have been in some pits. I have been in some empty pits where there is no water. Where there is no one. Where it's just you and God 
You have to understand that if you want to be influential, there are some em- empty pits waiting for you. Oh, you're not saying amen? amen. You're not saying amen? amen? You don't like empty pits, and yet you want to be influential? Jesus couldn't have sat on the right hand of God without the cross. David couldn't have gone into the palace without Goliath. The children of Israel couldn't have gone into the land flowing with milk and honey without the Red Sea. Please wake up. Wake up. There are some empty pits waiting for you. You better pray that your empty pits come quick. That must be your prayer. You must pray that, Father, give me my empty pits quick, oh. <laughs> give it quick. Jesus was in Gethsemane. He prayed. The Bible says he prayed till his sweat became as blood. Do you know what that means? When you get to that level, it's death. Nobody's sweat becomes blood. Jesus had never prayed like that before. He prayed and said, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass over me. But God said, no, no, it's part of the package. You have to go through the pit process. The empty pit process where there is nothing. Where it's just you alone and let's see how you're going to get, get yourself out of that situation. And look at who put him in the pit. His own brothers. Some of you, you have put your own self in the pit. Can I ask your permission before I go further? Today is the last series. Can we stay a little bit longer? Yes. Can we stay a little bit longer? Some of you are not responding. Can we stay a little bit longer? Because there are some things I want to give you that will bless you. Because I don't preach the same series twice. Empty pit. Some of you are some preaching now. You can remember the people who pushed you into that empty pit. Don't hate them. Love them. Because it's part of the journey. I remember my empty pit season. I failed my GCO level. My brother says, come stay with me and I'll help you pass your exams. Go to extra curriculum activities or extra classes and go and rewrite your exams. When I got to that place, which was supposed to be my land flowing with milk and honey, it became my empty pit. Abuse upon abuse. But God has to use that situation To introduce me to him. And that was where I gave my life to Christ. In that house. Don't curse God for your empty pit. And and to be honest, when you're going through the empty pit, it's not a nice experience. When you look around you, everybody is drinking water. They have water in abundance. They're rejoicing. They are clothed. They have everything. They have the latest car. But your car, you drive five miles and it's, you know, it stops by the traffic light. <laughs> it stops in the corner. 
And when you have a long queue behind you, rush hour. Everybody sweeping, pop. That's your empty pit. And most often, your number one enemy is the one behind you. <laughs> your number one enemy is the one behind you. It's behind you. And you can't come out of the car because when you come out and say, hey, hello. Are you not the one who preached prosperity last week? <laughs> you are preaching prosperity, but you are in a defeat. <laughs> the devil is a liar. There was a time I went to buy a car, and uh, you know when you buy a car, they don't put a lot of petrol. I didn't know. They put a tiny petrol. And as I was driving quicker to go to the petrol station, I see somebody behind me that I know. I said, the devil is a liar. And this person is the number one BBC. And the petrol was blinking. It said, fill up. You know when it gets to fill up? It started blinking very fast. Fill up. I started praying in tongues. I said, Father, don't disgrace me here. It was my empty pit. There were times, T.D. Jake said, there were times his car, he could not drive it to the church. He has to park very far and walk to the church. Because if church members see his car, they'll say you are preaching prosperity and this is the car you are driving. <laughs> the devil is a liar. Amen. So Joseph was a carrier of a great vision. He had a great dream. He said, I see all of you bowing down before me. And yet, look at where he is now. What was going to happen to his dream? Some of you are at that verge where you have some great vision, some great dreams. When I finish uni, I'll do this, I'll buy this, I'll have this house here, this and that. But you find yourself in an empty pit where there is no water. Verse 25, the Bible says, that, and they sat down to eat bread. Did you see what I said earlier? Once you are in the empty pit, your enemies are eating bread around you. They are prospering. They are flourishing. It's happening for them. And yet these people didn't have no dream. They sat down to eat bread and they lifted up their eyes and looked and behold, a company of Ishmaelites came from Gilead with their camels bearing spicy Camel, ma, and going to carry it down to Egypt. Hallelujah. Next verse. And Judah said unto his brethren, What profit is it if we slay our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and let not 
our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh, and his brethren were content. Verse 28, finally, the Bible says that, then they passed by Midianites, merchantmen, and they drew and lifted up Joseph out of the pit and sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver, and they brought Joseph into Egypt. Hallelujah. Look at what happened. Joseph, the dreamer. I have a dream. I'm going to change the world. I will influence the world. But look, they're about to cut short his dream. People are buying him for 20 pieces of silver. Yet he saw himself that the whole world was bowing before him. There are times your vision will be bought for 20 pieces of silver. Meanwhile, your vision is a multi-billion vision. But God has to test you. Are you going to be faithful with the 20 pieces of silver? How are you going to handle it with 20 pieces of silver? You know, we are, we are believing God to buy our own place. And I think two or three weeks ago, the, the building fund people came to give us um, an update. That day, our building fund offering was five pounds. What can five pounds buy? Which building can it buy? But that's not the time to be angry. There's a time to rejoice. You have a vision for a multi-billion project, yet all you have is 20 pieces of silver. If you don't thank God on this stage, you can't get to the next level. That's what many don't understand. That's the word. You see, when we come to church and we are praising God, so it's not everybody who gives when they come to the church. And we cannot force everyone to give. Giving is voluntary. I, I hope you know that. We, we, all we have to do is teach you the word and your responsibility is to do the word. But sometimes the offering that comes in, it, it cannot do what our project is for the week. But we don't know how God has sustained us throughout the years. We have never lacked any good thing. Every time God makes a way for us where there seems to be no way. But you see somebody will be sitting out there and say, wow, a lot of people come to church today. If everybody gives... <laughs> Are you following what I'm saying, church? You have to learn to value your pit level Amen. if you're going to be influential. Amen. Number two stage is in Potiphar's house. Number two is in Potiphar's house. Genesis 39 from verse 
1 to 5. Hallelujah. Like Joseph, I needed water because sometimes even in the preaching, you get to the empty pitch stage. (laughs) (coughs) Hallelujah. So number two is in poverty first house, Genesis 39. From verse 1 to 5, I read, the Bible says, And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian bought him out of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which he had brought him down thither. And the Lord was with Joseph, I love that, and he was a prosperous man, and he, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Verse 3, and his master saw that the Lord was with him, and the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in the sight, in his sight, and he served him, and he made him overseer over his house, and all that he had he put into his hand. Verse 5, and it came to pass from that time that he had made him overseer in his house, and over all that he had. And the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. Hallelujah. So, in in your stages of influence, number one is the empty pit. Number two is in Potiphar's house. Now, notice something carefully that's happening in Potiphar's house. In Potiphar's house, verse 2, the Bible says that, and God was with Joseph. It doesn't mean that in the pit, God was not with him. But you see, if God causes you to go through dry season through and through, you'll give up. So sometimes he takes you into the pit, but the next thing, he takes you into Potiphar's house. Potiphar's house is not your destination. But in Potiphar's house, he makes things a little bit okay for you. All the bread you didn't eat in the pit, that's what you eat in Potiphar's house. All the meat you didn't get in the pit, you get it where? In Potiphar's house. So when you get, now this is where many people die and kill off their dream. Oh, this is so important. When many get to Potiphar's house, they think that is their last destination. But that's not. That's why it's important to always and constantly rehearse your vision. Rehearse what God has told you. Because when you keep rehearsing it, it will remind you. And so that you know that this is not where God promised you. There is something bigger and better than Potiphar's house. Are you following what I'm saying? Many people get stuck here. Many people, things are working for them. They have their house. They, are, they have a nice car. You know, they, their family, their children are going to a nice school. And they think that's it. That is Potiphar's house. 
That's not, that's not any, le- that's not influence at all. Your level of influence is just a small groups of people. But the Bible says that, and the Lord was with Joseph. And everything that he did was prosperous. May God prosper you. May God prosper the works of your hands. May God prosper your businesses. May your children prosper in their education. May they flourish in the name of Jesus. The next, number three, is in prison. (laughs) So, number one, you are in Potiphar's. Number one, you are in the pit. Number two, you go to Potiphar's house, things are okay. And then the next place you find yourself, you go down. It's like you're going up and down. Roller coaster. Do you know why God takes us through these seasons and stages of our lives? So that we don't forget him. So we don't forget. I've always said that it's not that God doesn't want to bless his children. But many of us, we forget so quickly and so easily. In, in, In my new book, Living Lasting Legacy, I was using a case study of uh, Esau and Jacob. That Esau came to Jacob when he was weary and hungry. And when he was weary and hungry, he devalued his birthright. And I love what Jacob did. After Jacob gave Esau, before Jacob would give Esau the food, Jacob said to Esau, Swear an oath to me. In other words, sign the contract. Seal it with an oath before I give you the food. And guess what happened? The Bible says that after Esau ate the food, he walked away despising his birthright. Do you know why he despised it? Because, you see, when you are hungry, sometimes your brain don't function properly. Many have sold their birthright through hunger and tiredness. So beware of weariness. One of the things I don't compromise and apologize on is rest. Because I know how hard I work. I work so hard, minimum 16 hours a day. I work so hard. I don't take a break. I'm working through and through. So when it comes to rest, I rest without apologizing. And I know the power and the effect of rest. Even God rested. How much more you? So it's not that God doesn't want to bless his people, but many a times we despise his blessings. So the next stage God has to take Joseph through is back in the prison to remind Joseph, hey, Potiphar's house 
is not your final destination. And I'm sure many of you can identify with what I'm teaching. You've been in the pit, then all of a sudden things got better. Everything was working. And then all of a sudden, everything goes down. And it's like you went 10 steps back than you were in the prison. Genesis 39 from verse 20 to 23. The Bible says, and Joseph's master took him. And you know the story? Potiphar's wife wanted to give him a scholarship. He refused a scholarship. She lied on him. At that place, his garment, another rope was taken off him. So many at times, people come after what they see because they think that what is working on you is what they see. But they don't know that there is something behind the scene. It's not the garment. Don't look at this commission and think, oh, it's where God is expanding it just because, oh, the pastor dresses nice. It's not, it's not in what I wear. <laughs> it's not, it's not, I don't even know I speak better English. I know sometimes when I say something, you say, eh, what is he saying? Eh? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not about that. I'm not the most anointed but there is an invincible grace behind the scene that is working. This is one church where nobody is forced to come to this church. And by the grace of God, we see multitudes trooping in. It's because the grace of God is working. It's not, we pray, thank God we pray, we fast, thank God we do all of that, but it's not, it's none of those. So people will come after what they see physically. And they think that's what is working. But that's not what is working. So they came. The Potiphar's wife went after Joseph's clothes again. Lied on him. And then Potiphar put him in a prison. Verse 39, verse 20. The Bible says, and Joseph master took him and put him into the prison. A place where the king's prisoners were bound. And he was there in the prison. But the Lord was with Joseph. Oh, I love that. So, you see, even in prison, God is with you. In the prison of your life, God is there with you. God's word says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. His word is forever sure. But the Lord was with Joseph and he showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Say a good amen to that. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hands all the prisoners that were in the prison. And whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. And the keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand because the Lord was with him. And that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. Amen. Say a good amen. Amen. So we can see right here what God is doing through Joseph, even in the prison. You might be in the prison of your life. It doesn't matter where you are. What's important is God with me here in this situation. And you know the story, two of the prisoners had a dream and Joseph used his gift to interpret their dream. Everywhere you are, always make sure you are using the gifts that God has given you. Don't say, ah, this is not where God is taking me. 
was these two little people. Just these few people. I remember the most, yesterday I was playing one of my messages that I preached about 13 years ago when we were hackney. My wife and my children were laughing. They said, is this you? I said, yes, that's me. Even in those days, we're just two people, three people. I was preaching with passion. I never take my time for study for granted. Don't ever devalue the people that God brings to you. I don't take you for granted. I'm telling you, if you give me five hours, I'll preach this message to you and you will not be bored. Because I take my time to study, to prepare. Because you see, as you, as you do well in the desert, as David, as you are taking care of the few sheep, as you are making sure no lion, no bear is destroying those few sheep, God will give you a whole nation to rule. You see, many people, they devalue the two, the three that God gives them and say, ah, what is this? That God has called me to pastor five million people and I only have five members. Thank God for the five. Amen. And five million will come. Amen. Prepare for the five like you do for the five million. Amen. Do you think all those athletes who run races and win them they practice in front of the people? No. That's why Abraham Lincoln said, I will prepare and get ready. Maybe my time will come. So in the prison, use your gift. Don't get to the prison and give up and say, ah, this is a king's prison. I might not, never come out. I may never come out. Just make sure you are taking care of the prisoners. Don't be hitting the prisoners. Don't be cursing the prisoners. Look after the few that God has given you. And when you look after the few, your next stage is knocking already. Yeah. And you know the story? There's two people that he interpreted their dreams. One of them was called by Pharaoh. And after two years, he forgot. Some people will forget you along the way, but it's okay. It's all part of the package. He forgot Joseph. But after two years, when Pharaoh had a dream, he remembered and said, there was a man in the prison who interpreted my dream. And the interpretation was according as he gave. And you know the story, he was brought out. And so now we are looking, the fourth and the last stage, final stage, is as a prime minister as prime minister. So what's number one stage? In the pit. Four stages of influence. Number one is what? In the pit. Number two is what? In Portifest house. Number three is what? It's in the prison. And then number four is as prime minister. Genesis 41 from verse 38 to 44. The Bible says, And Pharaoh said unto his servants, can we find such a one as this is the one in whom the Spirit of God is? 
And Pharaoh said to Joseph, For as much as God has showed thee all this, there is none as discreet and as wise as thou art. Thou shalt be over my house, and according unto my word shall all my people, according unto thy word shall all my people be ruled, only in the throne will I be greater than thou. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, See, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. Verse 42, And Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand and put it upon Joseph's hand and arrayed him in vestures of fine linen and put a gold chain upon his neck. And he made him to ride in the second chariot which he had. And they cried before him, Bow the knee. And he made him ruler over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without thee shall no one lift up his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at the stages God took him through. Now he's a prime minister. Now he's ruling the whole land. But you see, he needed to go through those stages to prepare him to become this influential. Never take any stage of your life for granted. It's part of the preparation. If you don't value the stages where you are now, you will never get to the last and final stage as a prime minister. Don't give up in the pit. Don't give up in Potiphar's house. Don't give up in the prison for you are about to become a prime minister. I said you will become a prime minister. Nothing will cut short your destiny. Your destiny will speak in the mighty name of Jesus. I decree any form of delay be removed now. I decree that from today, supernatural speed will be your portion. Supernatural speed will be your portion. God will increase your speed. In the mighty name of Jesus, anything that has kept you in Potiphar's house up until now, you are coming out of it. Anything that has kept you in prison up until now, you are coming out of it. Every form of prison, every physical prison, any spiritual prison, any prison where your destiny has been hidden, you are coming out today. I said you are coming out today. You are coming out into the limelight. You will be influential. The grace to influence the nations are coming upon you today. A special grace, grace to do exploits is coming upon you from today. I said it's coming upon you from today. I decree it upon you in the name of Jesus. I decree that nothing will cut short your destiny. Nothing will cut short your destiny. Those who want you to be put to shame, they will be disappointed. They will be disappointed. They will be disappointed. Even in the pits, God will bring you out. 
even in the pit, God will put a price tag on you. God will cause men and women to discover you. You are coming out of your low deeper. You are coming out of your obscurity. For the past six weeks, I have been teaching you on influence. I release the anointing for influence upon you. I release the grace for influence upon you. From today, I decree that everything your hand touches will become influential. Your children will become influential. Your business will become influential. This commission, we will become influential. Nothing will stop us from becoming influential. We will not stop in the pit. We will not stop in Potiphar's house. We will not stop in the prison. We are going to the prime light. We are going to the prime light. The world will call for our services. The world will ask for our services. Wherever we are, we'll be the head and not the tail. We'll be the head and not the tail. We'll be the head and not the tail. I prophesy over you today that from today, whatever your hand handles will become influential. Whatever your hand handles from today, it will become great. It will become great. It will become great. It will become great. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Any limitation that has been placed before you, I decree right now by the blood of the Lamb that every spiritual limitation is destroyed now. Every invincible barrier is broken now. Every invincible barrier is destroyed now. Those of you that have been in tight places, you have been in the pit for so long, I decree by the reason of the anointing, you are coming out today. You are coming out today. You are coming out into large and spacious place. You are coming out into large and spacious place. In the mighty name of Jesus. 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 This commission, we have entered into the season of influence. The season of influence. Global influence is coming upon us. Global influence is coming upon us. From today, we'll be operating on a larger global scale. No more limitations. No more limitations. No more limitations. No more limitations. I prophesy over you that from today, every form of limitation is shattered now. Every evil spirit of hand to mouth, it is broken now. I decree harvest upon you. Resources are coming from every nation into you. The wealth of the Gentiles will flow into you. Will flow into you. Will flow into you. The kings are coming. The Gentiles are coming. The wealth is coming. The breakthrough is coming. The promotion is coming. 
in the name of Jesus, the properties are coming. No more delay. No more delay. No more delay. In the name of Jesus, you will not stay in the pit longer than you are supposed to stay in. Anything that has kept you bound in the pit, I decree you are coming out now. In the name of Jesus, so shall it be. So shall it be. In Jesus' name. Did you receive it today? Let's give Jesus a better praise. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to The Solution Word by Pastor Adama Segbeji. For prayer or further details, please call us on 01293-885000. Or why not visit us this Sunday at 10 a.m. at Solution, Barnfield Road, Northgate, Crawley, RH10, 8HQ. Your experience at Solution is sure to be a time of great blessing. Solution, bringing hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. The Word of God says, Is any sick among you? Let them call on the elders of the church and let them pray for them, and the prayer of faith will make them whole. If you are sick in any part of your body and need healing, why not join us for the next Special Healing School, Saturday the 7th of December at 6.30 p.m. at Solution Chapel International, home of signs, wonders, and miracles. Barnfield Road, Northgate Crawley, West Sussex, RH10-8DS. Please call 07938-494-294 or visit solutionchapel.org for further details. The Special Healing School, Saturday the 7th of December, is free and open to everyone. Come and receive your healing.